Spurscast, episode 481. My name is Paul Garcia and I am the host of the Spurscast. Joining me on this episode will be Project Spurs' Tom Petrini. You can follow him on Twitter, at RealTomPetrini. In this episode, Tom and I discuss the Spurs' last three games where they lost to the Philadelphia 76ers, beat the Denver Nuggets, and also beat the Sacramento Kings. We will discuss a little bit of Rudy Gay's latest injury situation where it's the same injury, but he may be out until after the All-Star break. Um, we'll look at the trade deadline that's approaching next week on February 8th and see if the Spurs, if we think that the Spurs might make a trade or not. Uh, then we'll answer your Twitter questions and then uh, we'll preview the Spurs' um, upcoming two games against the Houston Rockets and Utah Jazz. So please enjoy my conversation with Project Spurs' Tom Petrini. And now joining me on the line uh, via Skype is Project Spurs' own Tom Petrini. How are you doing tonight, Tom? I'm okay. Uh, I'm, I'm pretty sad about... Uh news that came this morning uh by Rasul Butler but you know one of those things yeah let's go ahead and get into that um you know this is obviously not the way you any anybody wants to start any kind of show and you know just it's just really unfortunate news um to hear about what happened so uh for those of you that haven't heard um former Spurs player Rasul Butler did pass away on Wednesday um January 31st uh he, he got in, the, in a car crash with his wife uh, in Seagull City, California. He was 38 years old. Um, according to the report, he lost control of his, of his Range Rover at 2 a.m. Uh, he hit a parking meter and hit the wall, and the car flipped. Um, he, uh, his wife, Leah Bell, LaBelle, was 31. Uh, she was an R&B singer. Um, she also passed away, unfortunately. Um, it's just a tragic event that, you know, you never want to read about in the NBA, especially a guy, you know, so, so young. He was only 38. He had just got out of the league. Uh, he's been a journeyman, as we mentioned. He played for the Spurs. Uh, he's played for several teams over the years uh, in the NBA. Uh, his last season with the Spurs was that 2015-16 season. Uh, he played 46 games with San Antonio. He kind of earned a roster spot, um, but then they had to waive him on March 9th to um, sign Kevin Martin for that playoff run. Um, so... You know, uh, just just your general. You, you said that you're. It's obviously bummed you out. It's bummed me out too. This this whole day, just kind of having to think about this and be on Twitter and seeing that you know all the players coming through and, and the media, the fans. Uh, what what are your, just your initial, just just thoughts, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I, I was shocked. Um, it was, it's not what you expect to see when you're scrolling through Twitter. Um, and you know, I, I kind of did a double take, and it was you know, uh, just just shocked and read the report. And uh, unfortunately, saw pictures of the car. It was really awful. Um, and yeah, he, he played for nine teams in the NBA. Um, Thirteen-year veteran guy that you know just bounced around a lot and and kept playing because he, he loved the game and loved it enough to keep going through nine different moves. Um, that's that's pretty crazy to me. And so, you know, by all accounts, a a really nice guy and a big loss for the community. Yeah. And, you know, the Spurs did put a a memo out um, on Twitter, not a memo, like a release. Uh, I'll just read it real quick. Uh, It says, we've lost two special people in Leah LaBelle and Rasul Butler. Our hearts, prayers and condolences are with their families and friends. Rasul was a wonderful man. 
friend and teammate. His positive attitude, his professionalism, and his warm smile made Rasoa a joy to be around. All of us will miss Rasoa and Leah a great deal. Uh, so that was from the Spurs. And, you know, just, just my thoughts is that, you know, you kind of see how how the NBA community, I, I would call us a community, we're, like we're kind of like a family. You know, there's, there's the fans, there's the players, there's the coaches, there's the media, the people that, you know, us, that we write about them. And, and in, in moments like this, we all come together and we kind of just embrace those people, you know, when, it, when a tragedy, tragic event is taking place where we don't really care, you know, if you never played for your team or, or if you were against him, you're for him. It's kind of like everybody you see right now um, in, on social media, especially, you see kind of everybody coming out, giving their thoughts and prayers. And, it, you know, and it really does hit us all hard. You know, we saw this dude competing over the years. He did play for the Spurs, with the Spurs for a little bit. But overall, you, know, you just never want to see these kind of things happen. And, and it is unfortunate that, you know, this is life, that tragedy does strike life. And, and it's unfortunate for, for us. And, you know, definitely thoughts and prayers to his family uh, going forward. Um, you know, let's try to go ahead and, and, and change on to, to, to the actual Spurs. Uh, and, and after this, you know, event, we, we didn't want to address it, though. Uh, let's go ahead and get to the Spurs. So some injury news. Um, Tom, uh, Rudy Gay may be out until after the All-Star break. Uh, Jabari Young of the Express News reported that uh, his right heel bursitis um, the Spurs' doctors and, and, and Gay's camp have basically decided let's just, you know, they're just going to keep him shut down for a little bit longer and just kind of make sure everything's okay. And so they're kind of aiming for after the All-Star break. Any, any thoughts there on, on Rudy's situation? You can't see me right now, but I'm rubbing my temples. Uh, <laughs> I, think, I think the Spurs really need to get Rudy Gay back on the court. Um, the, the offense has been struggling, of course, without Kawhi Leonard, um, you know, one of the best bucket getters in the league right now. But Rudy Gay is another one of those guys where not if, but when the offense stalls, when it, you know, when you can't buy a bucket, he's a guy that you can just get the ball to and let him go to work. And the Spurs really miss that. So, um, you know, obviously long-term health is the priority, but they, they're really missing him on the court right now. You, know, you said it right there. I mean, he's there. He has their third highest usage on the team. So he's definitely a guy that when things stall out, um, they need somebody to, 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 to play make for them, whether it's a pick and roll and a post up or just going one on one. He's one of those guys who's ha who has that resume to, to get those kind of baskets uh, for San Antonio. And you, you don't see it against the bad teams like, you know, they just they just they just beat some, some Denver and uh, and Sacramento recently. But um you know, against Philly, Philly's one of the better teams in the league. You really saw how, how a good defensive team will will, hold, will cripple the Spurs' offense, and they really just can't move um, against anyone. Um, so, yeah, you definitely see that that loss of a, without having Rudy. Uh, I forgot, Tom, let's go ahead and uh, go through the, the recap of, of since last podcast. Um, yeah, so so last Friday, the Spurs uh, played um, – they hosted the Philadelphia 76ers, and they ended up losing by 19 points. Philly came in and just kind of blew them out the building. Um, it was it was one of the uglier losses for the Spurs, where Pop was very critical of his team, where he says that he he thought that fans should get their money back after after watching that team, the performance they put up. Um, so then the Spurs on Sunday they they host the Kings and they ended up they you know they got their their I guess <laughs> their revenge um, anger out because they, they took it out of the Kings. They beat them by 15. Uh, it was funny too because uh, the the Kings coach um, uh, Dave Yeager he had said before the game he's like I really wish that. Philadelphia didn't just blow them out because now they're going to take it out on us. And so the Spurs really did that. They, they took it to the Kings. Right. Um, and then uh, Tuesday night, the Spurs uh, beat the Denver Nuggets in a closer game. Last time, San Antonio uh, trashed Denver, where they went up like 38 points. But this time, Denver kept it close all night. They actually had a chance to uh, tie the game uh, there in the fourth quarter, but they went for a three instead of trying to go for the two. 
uh, take it to overtime. So the Spurs ended up winning by two. Just kind of your general thoughts over the Spurs' last three games. Yeah, I mean, that Philly game was ugly, man. I I was, I was sick watching that. And it wasn't even um, – in my opinion, it wasn't a terrible effort by the Spurs on the floor. It was, you know, they they were moving a lot. They were they were passing the ball. They were they were giving it their best. They were just completely stifled by Philly's defense. And you know, trust the process. Can't believe, actually, I can believe I'm saying it now. Uh, but you know, these are not the 76ers of two three years ago. They're a really long team. I think the thing that gave the Spurs the most trouble in that game was um, they switched everything. And when when the Spurs offense bogs down, when they're doubling Aldridge in the post and not letting him get comfortable, it's basically a weave. And the the Sixers just kept switching everything, and the the shot clock would run down to to four three two bad contested shot and. It was that for 48 minutes. It was absolutely brutal. Um, I, what, what were you thinking watching that game? No, just just exactly what you said there, especially the switching part. You know, Brett Brown actually mentioned that, how that was kind of their game plan going in, was just to make it put pressure on the ball, um, really really get into San Antonio. And, you know, they, they know that the, the end result for most first possessions is get Aldridge to post up, so they actually – they made him get it further out, 17 feet. They were even making really um, entry passes very difficult that evening. Uh, and that just shows, like, again, without Rudy Gay, without Kawhi Leonard, this is when the Spurs get ex- ex- um, exposed the, with their lack of talent uh, in, in terms of a ball handler and, and a playmaker uh, with teams like Philly, who, who is a really good defensive team. I think something else you learned from, from not only that Philly loss, but also the Atlanta game was that uh, one, one downside to, to playing against Brett Brown, you know, Mike Budenholzer, is that they know the Spurs' playbook, you know, in and out. So, yeah, it looked like, the, the, like I forgot who commented, but basically one of the Spurs players said like, you know, they pretty much knew all our plays, you know, almost on every set. So that that's something right. about where where not only the Spurs down to their better players, but also you know the opposing coaches have, have a really high IQ in terms of the Spurs' playbook. And you and you know those guys want to, you you know they get up for those games. It's like, all right, listen guys, this is my old boss. We're gonna kick his ass. <laughs> you know, like like this is what they're gonna try to run on us. And if we do this, this, and this, we can get them. And, um, you know, so, so yeah, I, I think it's definitely uh, a big game for those guys. And, and then move, moving on to the next game against the Kings, I mean, it's, it's a team the Spurs should beat by 15 points. Um, the really fun part of this game was just watching Vince Carter and Monte Ginobili go at it. I mean, they, I think they were both uh, leading their respective teams in scoring at the half, and Vince Carter went on a run, I think in the second quarter, where it was like he couldn't miss. He was jacking them up from three. Just so fun to watch. A combined 81 years old. That was that was a really fun game. Oh, yeah. No, no, definitely. Yeah, Vincent, you got Monty on the other side. I mean, at halftime, they were, like you said, they were they were both the leading scorers in the game. Um, it's just it's just crazy, you know. And, and they were both asked about it. And basically they said, you know, it's just all about, you know, taking care of your body and just, you know, just have, having good luck and fortune. Uh, and that's kind of kind of what both of those players have been doing, just to keep uh, chugging along at, at, a, at a really high pace um, for for their ages and still being effective. Uh, did you have any thoughts on the Denver game? Uh, I know that was a close one there, and Jokic and, uh, and the Nuggets came to town. Yeah, it, it felt like that first quarter was the first, like, pretty offensive, high-scoring quarter 
of Spurs basketball that I've seen in eons. It was so refreshing to see the ball go in the bucket early in that one. Um, and uh, Aldridge and Gasol started out kind of setting the tone down low um, and, you know, hitting shots from outside. They were, they were on to start the game. Uh, and, again, that Manu caught a, a pass and flung it behind his back in one fluid motion. It was uh, one of the gnarliest things I've ever seen. Uh, and the the Nuggets, give them credit. They, they hung around in this game, um, and then they, they had a shot to win at the very end. It hit back rim, it hit front rim, it went flying out. Uh, my heart skipped a beat. It was it was a really fun game though. Yeah, no, for sure. That was, that was an exciting game, and um, you know, that's the thing is for the Spurs, like their offense looks pretty good on on the nights when they get bad defenses. Like you know, the Cavs were in the building a few weeks ago, and they put sixty three on them at halftime. San Antonio did, and then against Denver, San Antonio has sixty at the half. So um, it, it does, you know, for 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 their lack of scoring with Kawhi and, and Rudy Gay out, the Spurs could still score the ball when they play those those bad defensive teams. Uh, and then uh, we, what was cool about the whole Manu thing was after he threw one of those crazy passes, on the other side, Jokic got caught with a double team, like right near the baseline. And it looked like there was, he was going nowhere. They were going to force him out of bounds. He just throws a crazy no-look uh, t- uh, bounce pass behind his, uh, behind his back, hits the floor, and, and goes right into his, um, his, his teammate's hands, and the guy just dunks it. So, I mean, it was, it was really awesome to see both Jokic and, and Manu out there making some crazy plays. Uh, Jokic is one of the most exciting passers in the game. I mean – I don't think we've ever seen a passer with his ability at that height. Just, you know, Yeah, no, period. I mean, I mean, and, and he, and he, that's what he's looking for. That's like his primary thing is to find, you know, where's my open teammate on the cut. I mean, it's, it, his pass is just amazing. Uh, you know, and then, you know, Powell gets some credit too for, for being, a, uh, for being a center as well. Powell Gasol does some pretty crazy passes right. too, but Jokic is just another level. Um, let's go ahead and go on to our, so there's not a lot of topics, Tom, just because of, you know, I, I kind of covered a lot last week with the whole Kawhi Leonard situation. It's kind of died down the news now with him and that situation. Um, Aldridge was made an all-star last week. So we kind of covered a lot of bases there. Uh, let's go into one thing that's going to happen. Uh, you know, this, this Spurs cast is going up on Thursday, uh, today. And by next week, February 8th, it'll be the trade deadline at 2 PM, um, Eastern time. So, so my question to you, Tom, let, uh, let's, let's look at two questions. Do you, do you think the Spurs may make a move for salary relief? What I mean there is maybe they trade somebody with with the, with the big contract to open up some some room for the summertime. Do you think that's a possibility? Um, unless they, I, I mean, they do know more about Kawhi's injury than we do. Uh, but unless they know it's a season-ending injury, uh, and they know that they're going to punt on the season. Absolutely not, uh, because we still don't know what this Spurs team can accomplish um, when you have a top three player in the league come back. Um, and so I think, you know, Pop's playing chess and not the speed round. He, mm-hmm. He's got uh, his eyes down the road. And um, unless there's something terribly wrong with Kawhi, I can't see them you know, blowing it up. Um, what about, so, so one thing I saw was that a guy like, so something you're, you're seeing now that Manu's healthy is that Patty Mills and Brent Forbes are trying to kind of, you know, f- figure out their minute situation. 
Mm. Do you think, for salary purposes, uh, you know, whether Kawhi's coming back or not, they they look at moving Mills because it kind of looks like he's a little expendable right now, just because Brin's Brin's playing very well. But when Mills plays uh, and Manu plays and Tony plays, Brin, uh, Brin gets no minutes, like like you saw against Denver. Uh, you know, like like this is just an example of a trade that could kind of get some salary relief. Um, somebody like Brandon Wright and James Ennis for Patty Mills that kind of works for both teams for Memphis and San Antonio, and it kind of gets uh, the Spurs in the summer they, they wouldn't have to re up on on Wright or Ennis, and then the the, the the Grizzlies might get like a backup point guard long term. Um, but do you think any not that trade? That's just me just thinking of ideas. But do you think that? There's 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 an issue there between Brennan and Patty, and maybe that Patty could be affordable to lose now that that Brent's kind of stepped it up. I think that's a good point, um, especially because Patty's kind of having a down year. Um, he's kind of struggled to be consistent, um, and Brynn is a guy that when he gets on the floor and then in that second unit, if if Pop gives him some leash, he runs with it. And he, you know, can put up 14, 18, and and really help his team out on offense. Where when he's just he's just been more consistent this year. Um, and Mills's contract is a good value, but now he's not playing. Mm-hmm. Um, go going still sticking with the trade ideas. Um, you know. Whether Kawhi is coming back for sure this year, or, or maybe they're just gonna, um, like you said, punt the season depending on his injury situation. Do you think now that there's a chance they go after an impact player? You know, a guy that's been out there in the, in the rumor mill is Tyreek Evans right now. A lot of teams are trying to get their hands on him, but uh, they, a lot uh, the the who was it? The Grizzlies won a first round pick. Do you think there's a player, an impact player, somebody who can come in a high usage player who can kind of fill a role off the bench uh, that the Spurs might be looking at? Um. He, he would have to be on a pretty short-term contract um, mm-hmm. because, you know, I, I can't see them going after another guy, especially at that position, um, because long-term it wouldn't make sense to, to keep him um, when you've got Kawhi and Rudy Gay healthy. Um, so – Evans might be. I, I don't know what his contract situation. Yeah, he, he's a he's 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 a free, free agent after the season. Yeah, it's like, three, that, it's like three million something or three three point five million. Yeah, that that might work. Um, but it what it comes down to is is the long term because if this if this season doesn't go the way the Spurs want to do, and it's not because you know Kawhi has only played nine games, but if it continues to not go. The, the way they wanted to, that's okay. You know, they know there's next year when they'll have their franchise player, hopefully. Um, unless unless his quad still hurts in a year. Yeah. Um, so, the, it, w- it would kind of surprise me if they made a big move at the deadline. What about you? No, same here. Um, I think, you know, I think they're going to play it safe. Uh, I, I wouldn't, you know, let, let's just give a, let's each give a percentage, you know, from, from zero to a hundred, what do you, what are the chances you think they even make a trade? I, I think like, like 10% right now. Yeah. I was going to say 15. It's, it's yeah, not. exactly. Um, just cause they, 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 they have a history, you know, where they don't swing big deals. Uh, if they do do deals that they're, 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 they're not for real, you know, high usage players, impact players. Um, you know, I can think of like the Nando de Colo trade, the Richard Jefferson trade, uh, there's not just there's just not a lot of deals that, that the Spurs have a history of making at, at the deadline. 
Um, I think something that gets interesting is the March 1st buyout deadline. You know, there, there will be some players who come out of the buyout market um, before March 1st, some veterans. And I wonder if, if they'll get they'll get into that 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 um, market where they might have to release a player, which I would think it probably might be like something like Joffrey Laverne could be like an expendable player where they might just eat a salary and, and try to sign somebody. So I think that's the more likely route. I, I just, you know, we'll see if they do. You know, you never know, especially with, the, like you mentioned, Kawhi's situation really puts things in. In a, in a different area of, of time for San Antonio that they're used to. Right. Uh, Tom and I are going to take a quick break and we will be right back. This podcast is brought to you by ADT. When it comes to something as important as your family's safety, you need real protection with ADT. What does real protection mean for you? Well, real protection means you can get all of the latest innovation in smart home security from ADT combined with 24-7 monitoring from the most trusted name in home security. You'll get a team of professionals designing and installing a secure smart home just for you, including 18,000 employees safeguarding you and your family, along with a connection to first responders. Your secure smart home includes everything from video doorbells and indoor and outdoor cameras to smart locks and lights controlled from the ADT Go app or the sound of your voice. You can also get professionally monitored carbon monoxide and smoke detectors. Everything is custom designed to fit your home, all from the nation's number one smart home security provider. You can even get safety on the go in the car or when the kids are at school with the ADT Go app with an SOS button. Ready to learn more? Visit ADT.com backslash podcast to learn more about how ADT can design and install a secure smart home just for you. Thank you for tuning in to SpursCast, episode 481. I am joined by Tom Petrini of ProjectSpurs.com. Please follow him on Twitter, at RealTomPetrini. Uh, we're going to get into the Spurs um, cast Twitter question. So we asked you all to go on to, to Twitter and use the hashtag SpursCast. So we have we, we just have two questions here, Tom, today. Uh, my fault a little bit because I didn't promote it as, as much. Um, the first question comes from at Paul underscore Fagan. They ask, how is Murray's defensive game progressing? Are the Spurs giving up defensive prowess for rebounding and putbacks? Go ahead and take that answer, Tom. Um, is this being critical of Murray's defense? Because I mean, I'm not. Yeah, I don't know what that means by giving up defensive prowess. It almost sounds like it's like a like a like a liability that he's playing. I, I don't see it that way. Neither do the numbers. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I mean, one defense is a, a big de- rebounding is a big part of defense. It's how you end a defensive possession um but i think you know if, if we're if we're giving up defensive prowess at the point guard position what defensive prowess are we giving up <laughs> i know that i was gonna say that the, who are the other two guys 30 35 year old tony parker six foot tall patty mills no i'm not buying that i mean murray murray will fall asleep sometimes on defense there there are sometimes when he just gets beat but there are also a lot of times where he makes a play simply because he's a freak and has a seven foot wingspan. And, but he also hustles hard on that end of the floor. Mm -hmm. I think he knows that's where his bread is buttered. That's one of the main reasons he's in the starting lineup in the first place is because he can guard that position. Well, what about you? Yeah. Uh, you know, first I'm going to go with the, with the with the numbers that back up Murray, as as we mentioned. Uh, you know, the Spurs' defense overall, they're holding teams to 101.1 points per 100. Overall this season, when he's on the floor, they're holding teams to 94, 95 points per 100 possessions, which is you know a, a, a six points per 100 possessions difference right there, and they're a plus 7.7 with him on the floor. So so that right there shows you that that the the data is backing him up. 
Uh, one thing you've seen is since Pop made the change with him at, at starting point guard, uh, his steal numbers have definitely gone up as well. And, you know, you just look up, up and down the, the, the numbers, block percentage, steal percentage, uh, foul percentage, um, offensive, defensive, rebounding percentage. I mean, the guy is like in the 90th percentile or higher for a point guard. So players at his position, he's elite in terms of some of those those categories. Uh, one area that I did mess up on there is the foul percentage. Um, he does foul on 4% of the team's defensive plays, according to Cleaning the Glass, which is in the 22nd percentile. But lately, I haven't noticed that that gets him in any kind of trouble. I think, you know, you see that Pop's giving him 28 minutes ever since he became a starter uh, recently as of, as of that game against the Pacers. So, and, you know, you've, you've heard Pop give him um, a lot of praise. You've heard his teammates uh, and, you know, and, and they definitely want him out there because he's not he's not a liability. Um, you know, he's definitely who else do you have as an option? Like like you mentioned, 35 row Tony Parker or, or Patty Mills. He's definitely you're always going to take Murray over those two on the defensive end of the ball of, of the floor. And just his versatility where he can guard twos, threes, uh, ones. I think that right now he, the numbers back him up and also, you know, into the future. I think that he has a really high ceiling for his anticipation level where I think you're going to see those steal numbers go up, the block numbers uh, and, and like you mentioned, he's always energetic and, and getting on that end of the floor. Absolutely. Let's go to our next question. It comes from at Greco Suave. They ask, uh, Bleacher Report has said that the Celtics, Warriors, and Spurs are interested in Anthony Davis this summer. What would a trade package potentially look like? So I kind of want to do some clarification here. Um, Bleacher Report didn't actually report this. Uh, Sporting News did. Uh, Sean Devaney, the writer, did. Uh, and Bleacher Report kind of just saw the headline and kind of wrote their own article based on it, which, of course, at least they, they linked to that, 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 that article. So here were Devaney's exact words in the piece. He wrote, several teams, Boston most prominently, but also Golden State, San Antonio, and Chicago, will go into this trade deadline not only with their own rosters in mind, but with some consideration for the potential of a Davis trade this summer. So, Tom, basically what, what, what this article was about was saying that if, since because, because uh, DeMarcus Cousins is a Achilles tendon injury uh, has hampered him for the, for the entire season, but then also it puts the uh, Pelicans in, in a uh, win now mode where if they don't make the playoffs, a lot of people around the league think that uh, Dell Demps, their GM and uh, Alvin Gentry, their coach are going to get fired and they're going to just go into rebuild mode, which would make uh, Anthony Davis tradable this, this coming summer. Uh, Davis has three years left on his deal. Uh, and then in the 20, the 2021 season, he has a player option for 29 million. Um, you know, Davis is only 24. I, I'm not sure, you know, should should should, should the uh, the Pelicans look at moving him? Let's say that, that they do fire their GM and they want to go into total rebuild. Do you think the Spurs even have the package to get him? No. Um, I don't know if anybody has the package to get him. And, you know, it, basically... I don't see them moving him impulsively just because Boogie Cousins got hurt this year. Was he under contract for another three, uh, four years? Yeah, Davis is up until 2020 he's under contract. So three more years or two more years yeah. guaranteed. Yeah, so, I mean, they – I think that they know that they're not going to get a better player with a higher ceiling than Davis. Um the Spurs would probably have to trade Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, but but even that scenario, that. Mm-hmm. even that uh, scenario, Kawhi's twenty six. He's he'll, he'll already be you know a little bit older compared to Davis. And so and, and if they're going to uh, win now, I mean into a rebuilding mode, a tanking mode, I don't think that they would want any kind of established star right now. So so what 
in your mind, what would a package look like that the Spurs could feasibly put together? Oh, no. Is there... I, I, I'm with you, Tom, where I don't think the Spurs have the assets at all to put this together for New Orleans. I think they'd get way better offers from somebody like Boston or Chicago. Uh, you know, Boston could give, you know, could, could put, put some picks in there. Uh, they could also add young players like Jalen Brown or a, um, who's Jason Tatum, you know, th- those players yeah. are there. Uh, Golden State, I don't, they're kind of like San Antonio where I wouldn't see they have an actual package right now. I, I could see maybe like if they send two All-Stars like Draymond and Clay in a package to kind of give New Orleans a, a temporary kind of team. But I, I just I, I don't think that they're in, in that um, that timeline for them. Chicago is interesting because they could get, get a really high lottery pick, maybe put Markin in, uh, the, the young point guard they have. So so I feel like it has to be somebody um, – with more like future potential like Boston or, or Chicago more so than, than somebody established right now, like San Antonio or Golden State. Cause even like Kawhi, you know, I, I don't think they would trade him, but you know, why would you trade for a 26 year old when you have Anthony Davis who's still 24 on, on a, on a two year deal? I mean, you still have two years with him. So, um, you know, this is all kind of what if right now, it kind of just depends um, on, on if the Pelicans make the playoffs or not and what direction their franchise goes this coming summer. Yeah. Uh, let's go to get to our, our last segment, Tom, which is uh, looking at the Spurs' uh, next two games. So, so they actually finally have some days off here. Uh, they're only going to play Thursday against Houston, and then Saturday against uh, they're going to host the Utah Jazz, and then they won't play again until next next Wednesday or Thursday next week. So, so they're going to have a, a pretty good break here when they start their rodeo road trip after this weekend in the last two home games. Let's look at this Rockets game. Um, the Rockets come into town Thursday. They're 36 and 13, second in the West, uh, eight and two in their last ten games. Fifth offensively, 111 points per 100 possessions. Uh, 14th defensively, 104.8 as of their last 10 games. Uh, Chris Paul, I mean, not Chris Paul, James Harden just put up 60, 11, and 10 on, t- on Tuesday night. Um, Trevor Ariza is out for this game. Eric Gordon and Chris Paul are questionable. Uh, who do you have um, against the Rockets between the Spurs and, and Houston? I'm... Um- I'm shaking my head right now thinking about that that Harden game last night, man. Yeah, I, I watched that. I watched that tape. I was expecting. I, I don't know what I was expecting, but I was not expecting every single look to be contested. Most of them pretty well, and James Harden just not care. It was, I think it was 19 of of 30 from the floor, and. Nine of those misses came from three. Uh, every every single shot that he made, he had somebody in his grill and just didn't care. It was first sixty point triple double in NBA history. Um, yeah, absolutely ridiculous. I hope he just partied for two days straight and comes <laughs> very hungover. I think that's the only chance the Spurs have in this game. Um, this this Rockets team is is really quite something offensively. Um, they're I I don't know. Uh, the the Spurs would have to completely uh, stifle them from three point range, um, and I don't see that happening. And even if they do, even if they hold them to a good percentage, mm-hmm. they're going to jack up forty five. Yeah, that's uh, true. And I don't know if this Spurs offense can uh, hang with them and, and put up enough points to keep up. So I think the Rockets probably take this game, um, and and they might take it pretty handily. Uh, what, what about you? I got I got Houston as well. I just like you mentioned, it's the offense part. Houston, you know, in their last ten games, they are 14th defensively, but they can really they've shown that they can lock a team down. 
uh, when it comes down to it, especially um, down down the stretch there in a game with guys like uh, like uh, PJ Tucker with uh, Luke and Bamute and you know Chris Paul if he does play. Uh, so I'm going to take Houston as well. I just don't think the Spurs offensive, you know, they're going to go through one of these droughts where they can't score. You saw them do that against Denver. The Spurs went up by like nine points. They could have put the Nuggets away. And then they just went on one of these scoring runs, one of these uh, droughts where they just can't score the ball. And it's not even like bad off. It's not like careless offense, should I say. You know, they're not getting a lot of turnovers. They're getting high assist numbers. But the thing is, they just cannot make the ball, get the ball in the basket sometimes. You know, uh, I, I just feel like that, that's going to happen. And you can't survive that kind of a stretch against somebody like Houston or Golden State. So I'm going to take a, a loss for San Antonio there. Uh, then, then Tom, the Spurs uh, host the Utah Jazz on Saturday. The Jazz are 22 and 28 overall, 10th in the West. Uh, they are actually trending upward. They're six and four in their last 10 games. Uh, in their last 10, they're 13th offensively, 106, uh, 106 points for 100, and 12th defensively, 104 points for 100. Uh, their only players out right now are, are Rodney Hood, uh, Davos Sabalosha, and Dante Exum. Uh, who do you have Saturday between the Spurs and Jazz? Well. Uh, I'm taking the Spurs in this one. Um, Rodney Hood actually ripped the Spurs up last time they played, if I remember yes, correctly. Yes, he did. Uh, so it's it's fortunate for San Antonio that he'll be sidelined. Um, I think we'll we'll have a. They might make it interesting at certain points, um, but I'm only going to be worried if Ricky Rubio mm. starts hitting jump shots early. Uh, any time you play against a Ricky Rubio team and he gets, you know, a couple mid-range, maybe a three, that that's when you start to say, okay, they might make this one interesting. Um, but Spurs should win that one by eight or more. Okay. Uh, I'm taking San Antonio as well. Um, you know, I, the, the Jazz still, you know, at the heart of it, they still have some, some issues scoring offensively. And then I feel like their defense isn't as good as it has been in the past years. Uh, you know, they have gotten better with Rudy Gay back. I mean, with Rudy Gobert back, should I say. Uh, but I'm still going to take San Antonio. I think that, that they'll be okay in that matchup. Um, so I think that we're both going to agree that they're going to go one and one uh, during that stretch. Um, now, Tom, since the Spurs don't have a few games after a while, and it's, it's a big weekend coming up on Sunday, uh, let's just do a quick um, pr- pr- uh, prediction for the Super Bowl. Uh, you know, the, the Patriots are a four-point favorite against the Eagles Sunday. Uh, who do you have in that one? So I've been agonizing – over this decision, not necessarily who I think will win, but who I should root for as a, as a New York Giants fan. Oh, okay, okay. I didn't, uh, I didn't know you were a Giants fan because I know you live in, in Boston. See, that's, that's yeah, I, I go to school. I go to school up here, but I'm from New York originally. And um, okay, my my God, I I don't I don't want either of these teams to win. I this is what we call a, a bus crash game, where you know the only result that would really make you happy is if the two team buses crashed into each other on the way. Uh, but, uh, mostly kidding, <laughs> but, uh, I think that, uh, Philly, the, the defense has, has enough to make Tom Brady, uh, uncomfortable. Um, mm-hmm. we saw that in the, in the two Super Bowls that he's lost, they've done it because, uh, the defensive front was able to get pressure and the corners were able to cover effectively man to man. Um, so... I, I hope he throws a couple picks and we get to see those crazy Philly fans uh, absolutely tear their city apart. That's that's the result that I, I guess I'm rooting for if I have to root for one. Okay. What about you? Uh, you know, I'm, I'm honestly, I'm not a huge football fan at all anymore. I've kind of lost all interest in it. 
the two teams I root for these days are, are the, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Arizona Cardinals randomly. <laughs> Only because uh, my brother and his two friends uh, play on those teams, uh, David Johnson, the running back, and um, LJ Ford, he's a linebacker. So, um, you know, we, we've gotten to know my family's gotten to know those guys a little bit. So, um, so oh, more, word. Yeah, so so it's more like a personal thing, like like part family affiliation, should I say. So, um, so I, I honestly don't have a big rooting interest. I know, like, I grew up earlier in my younger days as a Cowboys fan, so you were always to hate the Eagles if, you know, the Eagles ever got that far. But then, of course, the Patriots are like the, you know, they're like the new team that, like, like the team that nobody likes uh, is the overall majority. So from a numbers perspective, I think I'm still going to take New England. I'll go Belichick and Brady. Um, I, I'm rooting for the Eagles. It would be more fun if, you know, if the, if the underdog wins this game. And like you mentioned, Philly fans are going to go crazy if they do win it. But I think overall, on, on paper, I think I'm going to have to go with, with, uh, with New England. I mean, I honestly don't care. I'm more looking for the commercials and stuff like that. So, <laughs> so. Yeah, no, and it's 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 the best drinking holiday of the year. Yeah. Go uh, have a good time and a designated driver. Be safe out there, Spurs fans. Yeah, definitely no. Just see, yeah, exactly. Be somewhere, watch it with your, your family, your friends, and that, that's kind of what the whole what, what what I like about Sunday is is, is that big um, atmosphere more so than the actual game. All right, Tom, thanks again for joining me, man, on, on um, Spurscast episode four hundred eighty one. Uh, Spurs fans, please follow him. Spurscast listeners, should I say, please follow him at Real Tom Petrini. Thanks, man. Thank you, Paul. Have a good one. You too. Thanks again to Tom for coming on Spurscast episode 481. Please follow him on Twitter at Real Tom Petrini and also read his work over at ProjectSpurs.com. Uh, just a quick um, few other promotional items. Uh, please uh, continue to send your questions to hashtag SpursCast. Um, visit, our, visit our Twitter accounts uh, at Project Spurs, at AT League underscore NBA, at the SpursCast, and at Project Spurs Network. And please visit our sites, uh, ProjectSpurs.com, AnalyzeTheLeague.com, and ProjectSpurs.net. And if you're listening to this on iTunes, please leave us a rating and review. Um, in the event that the Spurs do make a trade deadline, I mean, do make a, a significant trade between now and um, and next Thursday's deadline on February 8th, I, I will go ahead and put on an emergency podcast where we'll, we'll kind of break down the uh, situation of who they got, uh, who, who, who left, and what kind of some of the cap implications are coming for the upcoming summer. So that's, again, in the event that the Spurs do, do move anybody and make, make a move uh, with the deadline approaching on February 8th. Thanks. Have a good day.